You're listening to the Classic Gamers Guild Podcast. Hello, mates. Welcome back to the Classic Gamers Guild Podcast. Um, I'm with Rick and Anna, which is great. They're great. Everyone's good. Um, but more exciting, excitedly, or a variation of that word, you get it in context, a very special guest with us who is, uh, you know, bloody, I would say one of the pioneers of the rebirth of adventure games because he was there in the beginning bringing AGS to the forefront. He's made some amazing games. You've probably played like Lamplight City, Shardlight. He's working on a game called Rosewater and his name is Francisco Gonzalez. How are you, mate? That was the most amazing introduction I think I've gotten in uh, ever. Thank you. Hi, I'm good. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Are, it's are you very normally nice greeted with hostility? Well, <laughs> no, but like pioneers of the rebirth of... Jeez, that may, I, I was about to say, that guy sounds really cool. And then I realized you were talking about me. I'm like, what? No, what? It's so true, though. Oh, you're too kind. You're too kind. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's great to be here. Hello. We wanted, we wanted to have you on the show for a while because... Mm-hmm. I'm a genuine, actual fan. This this interview required no homework on my behalf, um, which is lovely. Oh, Just such a good because I hate entry, those you know? fake fans. No, I'll, I'll be shrugging myself out. No. <laughs> no, Rick, you you were very kind when I met you at in uh, Seattle at that party. Yes, uh, yeah. you were like, oh my god, you're the guy. I was like, oh my god, he's he knows who I am. It was it was great. <laughs> I figured you just considered I was some weirdo at a strange party, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, that, I was that was a very genuine reaction because I totally oh, I knew not, exactly uh... who you were. No, yeah, no, I, no, I'm being sincere. I actually did know who you were because I, I think we were friends on Facebook already. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, there, I'm putting the face to the name. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> this is that thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty surreal weekend all in. It, it was nice oh, to get yeah. a chance to meet you uh, through yeah. uh, Julia Minamata and. Uh, pick you up and hang around for a little while before we all jumped into the action and got to check out games. And, and of course, you're still like working on games all the time on, uh, I think you're on Twitch and stuff too, working on Rosewater and showing people what you're doing. So you, you're pretty busy out there. Yeah, yeah. I, I Sometimes I feel like I haven't done anything because, you know, with everything that's been going on, it's like, even if you, you know, work all day, sometimes it's just like, I haven't done anything, but I don't want to. Dr- I don't want to drag this down. Um, yeah, that's that's what working for Great yourself start. feels like. The more you you like run ahead, and you're like, I'm really going to push forward, and you do, and you push forward, and it, it's hard and it's long, and then you're like, I haven't gotten anywhere near enough done. Damn it! Why aren't I working hard enough? You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I was I you know been working from home since before mm-hmm. the pandemic, so Same. that didn't mm-hmm. really change. It it's mm-hmm. just you know. And also, like, I'm really happy that I have a home office now that I can, like, close the door on and go upstairs and not just be working at the same computer uh, that's, like, two steps away from my bed like I used to do at my old studio apartment. Um, Because if I had been in that situation during all of this, I think I would have probably not been well. Mm -hmm. Um, And but, But even still, like, you know, just... The fact that it's pretty much just get up, work, 
don't really do much else, it's mm-hmm. it's been tough. But mm-hmm. you know, again, not to bring this down, I, let's yeah. think positively. I, I... There's a light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I, I can relate too, maybe because the, the work at home thing was existing. It's it's the difference is now it's almost like it's like doing the same thing but looking out a window sadly while rain falls upon it. You know, there's just yeah. a, <laughs> there's just a mood about it. But I'm glad to hear you got you got your own space to work because that is important. I've, I've also yeah. found it to be it's very depressing slash demotivating to do work in sight of your bed. Yes, mm-hmm. been there. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Although that being said, there are no windows because I am actually in a basement. But it's got a cool like I decorated <laughs> it like no a light. cool yeah I, I decorated like a cool pirate cove thing. So oh, nice. At least it's atmospheric. I like the pirate movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, all right. So, so you know, people. I've got questions. People want to hear answers and such. It, it's a it's a matter of like there's too much on the menu. I kind of don't really know where to start. So I guess, <laughs> I I guess I'll, I'll let you go all the way back to to maybe let us know what got you into making adventure games. You know, the bloody origin story. How do you? Course. What was the first game you played? All that stuff. Ooh. Uh, the first game I ever played or the or, first adventure least, game I ever played? Or at least what got you into, like, what really made you realize that this is what you wanted to do? Well, right. I kind of want to yeah. know the first game you ever played, too, first, and then you can say the other <laughs> stuff. <laughs> uh, I think the first, the, the first game I ever played, so my, I had an Atari 2600 when I was a very, very young kid, um, mm-hmm. and I remember playing Pitfall on that, oh, and nice. another one called Omega Race, which was just like a bunch of little shapes going around a rectangle. <laughs> <laughs> Not um, if you look at the front of the box. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Definitely. That describes a lot of games from that era. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me of that ad in, in Vice City where it's like, uh, here's, you know, exciting game name where the red square fights the, the blue circle or whatever. And it's like, the, the red circle goes into the, it's all red circles and blue dots. Um <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so that that was the first games, the first video games I think I, I played. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we didn't have the 2600 very long because it was stolen during a burglary. So uh-huh. then I kind of moved. Yeah, 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 whatever. It's fine. That was like 30 something years ago. <laughs> You're over it now? But I have, like I'm last year yeah. he got over it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but. But, uh, yeah, so, like, when I was a kid, I kind of, I, I remember I got a Sega Master System, and then I got an, an NES, mm-hmm. and uh, I had the Sega Master System at my grandmother's house, and I had the NES at home, so I, I mostly played the NES, and then when I was in about, I want to say, second or third grade, I got a PC, and then mm-hmm. I sort of, you know, would play both uh, NES, console and, and computer games, Mm-hmm. Um, remember when they were called computer games? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I had a cousin who like gave us a secondhand PC and a bunch of like shareware floppies and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember playing with stuff like Commander Keen and the first mm-hmm. adventure game I probably uh, probably played was Hugo's House of Horrors. Uh, yes, yeah. mm-hmm. classic. Yeah, and I actually the first Sierra game I ever played was King's Quest V on the NES. 
Um, oh, ooh, wow. Some yeah. interesting colors go in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It didn't have voice acting, though, so that was no. a plus. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and, like, I had, <laughs> I had already played Hugo, and I really liked just the just the whole vibe of like walking around and typing commands and stuff but i think it was yeah. king's quest 5 that made me think oh this is really cool i i want to do something like this um so it was it was actually king's quest 5 on the nes of all things that sort of it was <laughs> wow. the bug that bit me that made me want wow. to make my own game i'm so yeah. glad it existed for a reason now that makes me happy <laughs> well, i still i actually i'm looking right now at my original nes um which is right over there yeah, under my TV. Baby. And my girlfriend actually had a copy of King's Quest V on the NES, so it's it's there oh, in the in the pile. Nice. Um, to be. So yeah, I guess it was. <laughs> she, oh God. Two parts to a whole. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know. I'm just thinking, I've got the NES, you've got the cartridge. Let's do this. Uh-huh. Uh, let's play King's Quest V. How horrible. <laughs> so um yeah, so that's that's kind of what got me started on, you know, I was probably about like, I don't know, eight or nine maybe at this point. So obviously mm-hmm. I didn't really, I wasn't able to actually like act on the desire to do this for, for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember there, there was like, a, there was a bookstore at the mall that had like, you know, um, a, they, they had a bunch of shareware floppies available to buy and i remember buying one that was called like uh game maker or something really generic (laughs) and i was like oh i'll play around with this and it it was just really clunky and hard to figure out and i made no progress whatsoever Mm -hmm. um so uh when i was in high school when i was in about uh it doesn't matter i was in high school (laughs) and i was gifted a copy of click and play by a friend who had it who didn't make much headway in it because I told him that I wanted to make games. And so I had this Mm -hmm. copy of Click and Play. And I was already on the internet at that time because I remember going on America Online and there was, like, some place that you could go to download games and there was people who had uploaded their Click and Play games. And some people had actually made adventure games, quote-unquote, point-and-click adventure games in -hmm. Click and Play, which was not an engine that was really made for that. But you sort of could... Uh, so I I used click and play and I I actually I committed the sin of every uh, budding adventure game designer and I made a Monkey Island fan game um, <laughs> called Monkey Island 2.5 and it was literally nice. just I ripped the sprites from Monkey Island 2 of Guybrush mm-hmm. and it was like move with the arrow keys left and right it wasn't even point and click and. I just like ripped the backgrounds and the sprites and it was literally just Guybrush standing outside like the end screen of Monkey Island 2 at the at the uh, Big Whoop Carnival. You walk <laughs> inside a room and then there's like an off-screen thing where he's like, "Oh boy, a bumper car. Ouch, someone pierced my ear. Oh boy, I'm getting taller." <laughs> and then he transforms into the Guybrush from Curse. <laughs> it was Amazing. like yeah, I've never told anybody this before. I love it. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed now. <laughs> um, is this so, are there, is it possible to track down a copy of this? You know, yeah. it might be, but good luck getting it to run on anything because Click and Play, I think, only runs on like Windows 
3.1 maybe i'm like, sure there's an emulator for it out there an <clears throat> early flash player it almost sounds like you're describing like the first flash player <laughs> yeah i it was yeah um so yes yeah, so i so i messed around and click and play for a while and i made a bunch of like little arcadey games and a couple of more like trying to be ambitious adventure game things but then there was um i found that there was a uh a project that was called scram s-c-r-a-m-m which was uh being developed by some people on the internet <laughs> and it was uh supposed to be like the scum engine but better um <laughs> Actually, I think one of the people that was involved with that was Andrew Langley, who went by Telerium, who I think went on to work. Well, I don't think I know. He went on to work for like Telltale eventually. So he went somewhere, but oh, cool. Scram unfortunately never did. Um, it was, it kind of was vaporware. Um, but I actually, through like the forums, I met a few people who I would then uh, find again when I discovered Adventure Game Studio and I discovered Adventure Game Studio because I was in college and I was bored and I googled Adventure Game Maker and I found Adventure Game Studio and I found <laughs> <Just like> that. <laughs> yeah it was really easy it was Google it's funny because I remember when I was in high school my uh my 12th grade history teacher was like hey everybody if you want to do research, there's this great new search engine. It's called Google. And everyone was like, Google, what a name. We're using Alta Vista. Thank you very much. <laughs> this is also um, another. This is just I'm, I'm just deviating into, hey, look how old I am territory. Um, this was also the same year where like, um, so I grew up in Florida and they used to do this thing for graduating seniors called grad night where you could go to disney world for the night um you just had like free run of the park from like 8 p.m till 1 a.m and the year yeah and and the the like big thing was that they had uh like a a performer or two performers and the year i graduated it was destiny's child and and uh, jessica simpson oh yeah (laughs) yeah but it was it was may of 2000 so everyone was like who are Destiny's Child and Jessica Simpson? <laughs> oh no, I'm not <laughs> <It was> like... <laughs> So yeah, um, but anyway, back to the <laughs> back to the origin story. Um, so <laughs> yeah, so I googled that Adventure Game Maker. I found Adventure Game Studio. I either play You're like this isn't uh... what I googled. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think, God damn it! Uh, yeah, I don't think Google was even a verb at that time. It was just whatever. <laughs> I heard the first I time I saw Jeeves. Google, I was like, "Hey, they spelled that wrong." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I actually surprisingly knew what a Google was like very early in life. Well, that's that's good. <laughs> sorry, that sounded like bragging, and it totally wasn't. Anyways, go, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> <Nerd> <laughs> You shouldn't. If you knew what a Google was, you were way smarter than I was. Um, so yeah, so I either pl- I played a game. I don't remember which I played first. It was it was a it was a Ben Croshaw game for sure. It was either right. the first Reality on the Norm game or it was the first Rob Blank game. Mm-hmm. And uh. I played those, and I was like, oh, these are actually finished. You can finish a game in this engine. I'm going to try making a game. So I made a couple of games in the Reality on the Norm uh, series, and then I decided I wanted to make a game about 
a kid who or a guy who like it goes searching the world for the AGS source code um, <laughs> because the forums back in those days it was a very tight knit little community and so it was going to be a joke game where like he visited all the forum members and whatever and it was going to be this globe trotting adventure a la Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis because once again I had lofty goals. <laughs> um, that never went anywhere, but then I decided to to make a bunch of games about a guy who goes around the world investigating paranormal phenomena. So I made the Ben Jordan Paranormal Investigator series. Um, yeah, a lot of people know about that one. That was kind of your initial. Oh yeah, this this guy he made that. Yeah, that was weird because it was like I made the first game in two weeks, and I actually stuck with the project and. <laughs> 10 years later I had made 8 games or well 10 games if you count the remakes and mm -hmm. well yeah it was yeah uh, so yeah that was the origin story I guess <laughs> that was yeah it's we I, I totally blew it I, was, I, I had a I had a jokey reference for the intro where it was going to be like you know maker of shard light and lamplight city and, and the chef and lost treasures of Ron um Oh my God! Got, you weren't kidding when you said you were you were a fan. <laughs> <laughs> you know the I secret forgot. words. <laughs> oh my God! I forgot about the chef. I actually, I wish I could get the chef running because I was really proud of that game. <laughs> it was so stupid. The okay, scene you gotta fill us like, in on this one. Oh my God! Okay, so so the reality on the norm series for anybody who doesn't know was a sort of community project it was kind of like the league of gentlemen meets uh i don't know some other like not twin peaks is cliche but basically it was like it was a game series where everybody was welcome to make a game and all of the assets were were crowdsourced and the art style was really simple so it wasn't you know even if you didn't really have any art skills you could emulate the style pretty easily so you could draw your own backgrounds you could make your own characters and add to the to the resources because you know you could use other people's sprites if you use the character you could use their other characters so it was this cool little thing where you know a bunch of people a lot of people got their start there i mean i got their my start there dave gilbert got his start mm -hmm. there um and so, like, you know, it was these, for a while there, there was, you know, sometimes people would make games that were, like, crossovers and stuff like that. So, so yeah, I made a, I made a, a couple of games. I made three, actually. I made two about this uh, pirate called Hookie McPegleg, who, <laughs> <laughs> which I totally stole the joke from Conan O'Brien, who had a character on his show called Kilty McBagpipes. Um <laughs> But yeah, I, I, I made Hookie McPegleg and his first game was pretty boring. It was just, he comes to reality on the norm and he tries to find the treasure. But then the second one I made was Hookie McPegleg Pirate Postman, where he becomes the postman. But the twist <laughs> is he can't read. So he has to learn how to read in order to, in order to deliver the mail. I'm into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was very ambitious in that I, I made the game and then I added voice acting to it. And I got Yahtzee to play one of the characters, which was like a really... Oh. I was like, oh my god, this nice. is so cool. <laughs> and then I made The Chef, which was about an Italian chef named Luca and his nudist brother Guido, who has a restaurant. <laughs> and there's a conspiracy afoot and He's his restaurant himself, gets shut dude. down and he has to rescue his brother. <laughs> yeah, it was great, and it was so stupid. And there's a scene at the end where he's where Guido's tied up, and 
he like uses you have to use a fork on the ropes and he twirls it around like spaghetti (laughs) 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 and then the whole thing at the very end he's like because he's always saying oh guido put some clothes on you know nobody and guido's like stop infringing on my lifestyle choices and then at the very end he's like you know what guido i i think you're you're onto something i'm gonna be known as the naked chef and it was all for a pun and then I actually did a nice little animation of him, like, taking off his clothes. Speaking <laughs> <laughs> of animation, oh God, how silly. that's great. Yeah, completely censored, which, by the way, I had, I you know, obviously I didn't want to, like, freak people out, so I put, like, a black censor bar over everything. Someone made a game <laughs> down the line called, I forget what it was called, but it, it was a game about, like, one of the one of the characters has like nude pictures leaked of them or something and i forget what the plot was but basically they used guido and like you know <laughs> he's standing behind a table and at one point he walks out and they did not leave anything to the imagination <laughs> oh. there was a very oh boy very um how do i put this um animated animation of <laughs> him and it was it was funny but at the same time it was kind of like i don't know seeing your child and realizing that your child's yeah i don't know uh so yeah (laughs) oh man um so so, uh, Golden Wake was your first uh, real pro game that you made. Is is that right? Yes. Okay. Yes. First of all, was there anything between Ben Jordan and uh, Golden Wake? Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, so I did a game called Backdoor Man for the uh, Tig Source Adult slash Edutainment Competition. Um, although technically that came out in 2009, so it was still while, while I was working on Ben Jordan 8. Um, so I did that as like a little jam game, um, which actually is technically a sequel to a golden wake, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, not in only in that the main character is like the grand nephew of the main character in, in a golden wake. It was sort of, I, I retro, I I did it. And then I was like, Oh, I'm, I know I'm going to make this game already. Let me just like put this in as a funny (laughs) little thing. Um, so yeah, but but yeah, um yeah, Golden Wake was my first commercial game that came out in 2014. So yeah, the last Ben Jordan game I started working on it in 2008 and it didn't come out until 2012 because at that point I had gotten a day job and so I wasn't there were times where I wouldn't touch AGS for like 6 months at a time, so that's why it took so long. Which in hindsight also like I did the backgrounds um I, I drew them on paper and then scanned them and colored them for some reason because I thought it, I should be innovative and mm-hmm. try a different art style with every game. And in hindsight, I probably shouldn't have done that because it took way too long and it didn't really look very good. And I don't know. But whatever. What's done is done. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you've used so many different animation styles throughout your games, that's for sure, uh... Uh, what ended up leading you towards things like rotoscoping? Uh, I think it was mainly just because I was such a fan of, like, Gabriel Knight <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and like, that era of Sierra <laughs> games that had the motion capture and stuff. 
And because I couldn't really animate mm-hmm. traditionally, I decided that I wanted to give it a shot. Give it a shot, um, you know. And at that point, like digital cameras were becoming a thing, and um, yeah, I just was like, oh well, I have Photoshop, I have a camera. Let me try taking a picture of myself and tracing over it and seeing if it looks good. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of where that went to. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Mm. How cool! And yeah, I haven't cool. looked well, back. <laughs> You're still doing rotoscoping with Rosewater too, is that correct? Yep. Yep. Mm. I Yeah, I've been trying to push myself. Mm-hmm. With Rosewater I'm like doing full screen <clears throat> cinematic cutscene yeah. type animations. Mm. Like they're not super long because I don't wanna go crazy, but I'm doing a lot more like emphasis animations that way, which mm. has been fun. Well before we get bloody too far away from a uh, Golden Wake. I'm, I'm like I love that game, so I can't I can't mm. let opportunity slip. So oh. I, I'm kind of wondering, the the how how did you how did you go about like pitching that game? What what, what were the steps that, that led you to be coming up? <laughs> oh. Damn it! I, I didn't I didn't word it as delicately as I planned to. <laughs> no no no! It's funny. There's a there's a funny story in that. Um, yeah. So so basically, it was. I was in an interesting position because I was working on the Ben Jordan games and I I think one of the <laughs> things that the Ben Jordan games one of the most important things that the Ben Jordan games taught me was how to finish a project. Mm-hmm. Um and I, you know, with every game I tried pushing myself a little bit more, but I really wanted to get each game finished and more than anything I wanted to get the, the the series finished because from case 3 onward I had written everything down and I knew that there was an end point it wasn't like I was just making them and thinking oh well maybe someday I'll finish them or whatever so in 2010 uh Dave Gilbert of Wagedai started publishing other people's games um and he had he was doing puzzle bots and he told me that he would be happy to publish a game of mine. So basically I had this open invitation to get a game published. So I was like, oh, this is cool. I can I can make money off of this. I can do this for... I can try my hand at doing this. Mm-hmm. But I was still working on Ben Jordan 8. So I was like, well, I need to finish the Ben Jordan series first and then come up with something. Yeah, so I was working on that, but I got the idea for a Golden Wake in about 2009-ish, and I didn't actually start, like, putting it together. I remember I pitched it, quote-unquote, at Mittens, Mittens being the name of the uh, yearly gathering of the AGS community, (laughs) um, which that year was in Anaheim, California, and, you know, we used to have, like, a a show-and-tell night to kind of, for everyone to show off what games they were working on. So I put together a little a little mini two-screen demo of a Golden Wake, and I was like, look, this is what I'm working on. And um, before that, actually, because, yeah, that was in the summer, the first time I pitched it to Dave and his, his wife Janet at GDC 2012, I was like, yeah, so uh, I want to make this game. It's about a real estate agent. And she was like, oh, I, we hate real estate agents. Does he die? <laughs> I was like, funny you should say that. Uh, Yes. Spoilers. Um, So, yeah, that was kind of funny. It was was definitely a hard sell, I will say that, um, when you put it that way. But I think the whole, like, saying, yeah, he goes and works for the mob is what what got me in. Um, 
<laughs> so so yeah, I mean basically that I got the idea for the game because, you know, I grew up in Miami and I was always really interested by the history of it and uh I thought it would make a good topic for an adventure game. It was certainly unique. Um and yeah. you know, I like I I mean we can if you have any other questions about it, we can get more in depth there, but like, you know, overall like it's a little rough around the edges. I'm aware of that, but you know, I'm glad I got to make it and mm-hmm. it was certainly it, it may not have been the best choice for a first game. Like they talk about, you know, they talk about the art picture and the money picture, you know, and this was definitely the art game and not the money game. But, right. you know, right, I, right. I'm happy that I was able to do it. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it's awesome. I, I have a, a question regarding Golden Week that, well, it, it was... I disguised a question that makes it sound like I'm asking you like how sales on mobile go and if it's worth it. But I think I was, I, I think I was really just trying to hint at peer pressuring you into putting golden wake on mobile. So it's not really <laughs> a question. Totally work. <laughs> <laughs> it's very long winded and wordy. So I'm just going to spare everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. uh, did, uh, did golden wake perform well, at least eventually or anything? Because I, I, for one, uh, I only played it for the first time, I guess, like a few years ago. Uh, because I'm pretty late to the game when it comes to like the whole um, revival of po- classic style point and click adventure games, yeah. but uh, I instantly just clicked with it and I loved it. And I thought it was really refreshing because it was just such a unique take and all that. But I also admit it's not exactly the sort of thing that really um, sells to the mass market. Yeah. So is like how how did how did that do for you? Like in, well, in first the of all, thank you. I'm glad you liked it. That that really does mean a lot because. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it is a very personal game and a very personal project and like, you know, I realize it doesn't have necessarily a wide commercial appeal. So anytime anyone says that they liked it, it's you know, it's real <laughs> nice. Um as far as how it did commercially, it did okay. Um uh, it wasn't a hit at all. Um but it wasn't a flop. Um oh, Okay. I mean, I think the the best thing that it did was get my foot in the door and you know it led me to then be able to make another game and that was shard light and you know mm-hmm. i wouldn't have been able to continue necessarily making a making games full time on a golden on a golden wakes earnings right but you know the fact that dave hired me on salary to make shard light was mm-hmm. the reason I was able to do that. Because, you know, usually, obviously, every developer is different. But my general pr- trajectory has been, you know, make the game, live off of the the royalties of that game while making the next game. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard to, it's hard to get funding <laughs> for games, especially, um, you know, adventure games from publishers and yeah. stuff. So... And generally, I like to, you know, keep the costs as low as possible so that I'm not like, so I can keep doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and that, with that case, I wouldn't have necessarily, but, you know, it's still doing well. Um, it still sells. It's especially okay. when I discount it. Like, yeah, it actually, it's, yeah, it's still, it still does. It's not a great amount, but it's still, you know, a nice yeah. little surprise at the end of the month. Yeah. It's getting out there yeah. at least. Right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the important probably, thing, really. Mm-hmm. Probably sell really well on mobile too. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of Golden Wake, you mm. quite recently released an update for the game. Yes. 
actually, I did. <laughs> See, your work is never done. <laughs> no, it's never done. Um, yeah, so actually, funny story. I had, uh, I think the thing that people were most upset about, rightly so, was the airplane, the air show puzzle. Mm-hmm. Because I was not a great coder at the time, and I had coded it so that like the timer was kind of unfair, and if you yeah. took too long, the UI would become unresponsive, and I think a lot of people got frustrated with that because it wouldn't respond to... It was, you know, people don't like timers in adventure games, and rightly so. Mm-hmm. They're not good. Um, so I had... My main thing was that I wanted to uh, fix that up. And, um, you know, tweak the code so that it was a lot more fair and balanced <clears throat> to play. And I also did a couple of little touch-ups because there were some of the character portraits that I didn't like. And I thought I had gotten better at drawing them. So <laughs> I touched I touched up some of the more uh, hideous ones. And I did mm. a couple of tiny little background tweaks here and there. Mm. Um, nice. But I actually did that a few years ago, and I had been I had been nagging Dave to update the game, but you know he's got plenty of other things to co- be concerned about, so he hadn't gotten around to doing it. But recently, he was kind enough to transfer the uh, the ownership of it to me, so now I have you know full access nice. to it. So I was like, all right, it's time for an up an update. So I updated <laughs> it, uh, which reminds me, I have to do it on GOG now, too. So mm-hmm. thanks for reminding yeah, me because know. I've been putting awesome. that off. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, it's it's one of the luxuries of having a digital game is being able to patch it <laughs> whenever yeah. you want. So I figured it was time Not to like, do that. Uh... Back in the day, you get a Quest for Glory 4, say, and you're like, oh, man, I yep. just can't. Yeah. Play it right yep. now. <laughs> like, just dro- drop this in the mail for replacement and wait, you know, three months. <laughs> exactly, you'll get your new discs. Actually, when I bought the uh, Quest for Glory anthology and 4 wouldn't mm-hmm. work, it was just like, well, mm-hmm. I guess I could never play this game ever again. And then I just didn't for until like a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I've, I've got one more Golden Week question. I know this is crossing the territory into disproportionate amount of questions on only one of your games. Sorry, just one more. It's fine. <laughs> I, I'm 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 a big fan of the the Sierra game Gold Rush, and I'm just wondering mm. if it's my nostalgia or if if you happen to have played and liked that game, and if there's a little influence there because of the historical tie-ins and I don't know. There's there's something about it. Maybe even just the the palettes of the game, like the the presentation is very breezy and and light and and you know lovely. Well, thank you. Um, I have played Gold Rush. Uh, I don't think it was before i think i played it after i made a golden wake so i'm gonna have to disappoint you there but it was an influence on rosewater so mm, <laughs> nice <that's that. laughs> um but well, yeah if it makes you feel uh, any better i did like a golden wake much better than i liked gold rush just so oh that's know. great yeah i tried not to do the whole random death from dysentery thing um, <laughs> although you're definitely not scared of using deaths in your games either no, no, but I try and make them as fair as possible. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm. I'm so. I'm so glad. All, I speak for all of us when I say we're big proponents mm-hmm. of d- doing it, but doing it fairly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although I did also, get gunned down a real large number of times in Golden Wake. With yeah. the with yeah. the shotgun <laughs> granny. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's totally yeah. a trope of mine. I've realized. 
<laughs> I uh, I have this tendency to put shotgun grannies in my game, and I had to disappoint Ben Chandler because he's the one that pointed this out to me. He's like, you know, now you're making a game where you'd have the perfect opportunity to put one in, and I'm like, I'm not putting one in. He's like, why not? <laughs> so I'm sorry, but there's no shotgun grannies in oh, Rosewater. Yeah, that makes me want to start a petition, actually. And I'm suddenly angry. <laughs> I like the way that uh, you give the player a chance to experience your games. Like, take it in Lamplight City. You're like, you know what? You can just play it through. That's okay. You didn't get something? Just keep going. Oh, you mm. totally didn't get something? Well, you know what? We got something for you, too. I mean, that, that really adds mm. to the replayability of your games. I, I just love that touch. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I mean, design-wise, it's it's a little ambitious. Um, but I mean, I like putting in the little extra things here and there. Clearly. It's certainly easy mm -hmm. to make achievements that way, because mm -hmm. if you put something in, you can always make an achievement for those people mm -hmm. who are so inclined to mm -hmm. make sure that they see stuff that they may not have otherwise seen if they see that there's like, oh, I can, what's this, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. Mm. Actually, uh, funny you mentioned that, because Paul and I were talking recently about achievements in adventure games and wondering if they were worth implementing. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I personally love achievements and trophies. Uh, that's just the kind of gamer I am. Mm. And uh, I will 100% and platinum as much as possible, even if it's ridiculous. <laughs> um, and honestly, like, part of me just loves coming up with the stupid names for them. So right. yeah, like, I think, I think achievements in adventure games, I personally prefer it if it's stuff like that you have to go out of your way to do. Like, yes. the remaster of mm -hmm. Day of the Tentacle was really interesting because it had some achievements that were just like, use the correction fluid on, like, the hamster or something. And I was like, ooh, <laughs> right. I wonder if there's a funny message that I've never heard before. But there right. wasn't. It was just oh, kind of oh. like... Like, huh, huh. in some cases, there were... <laughs> Roller coaster. <laughs> yeah. But in other cases, it was just like, oh, okay, well, all right. But yeah, like, I like making achievements for things that you wouldn't necessarily try or like if there's alternate solutions to something like give an achievement for maybe one of the lesser known ones or something mm -hmm. i don't like right. achievements that are like you finished chapter one yeah <laughs> yeah 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 like as a designer no. those are kind of cool you know like it my i indulged myself by having like you finished the game because then that way you can track the stats and see the global stats and see how many people actually finished right. your game but right yeah, like chapter by chapter ones, I think that's just filler and kind of dumb, but whatever. That's really cool. I wouldn't have thought of implementing it that way in the sense of like, you know, you just have like a joke you're you're just really proud of that, that you feel yeah. like they're, they're probably, you know, most players aren't going to just find because it's, a, you know, it's a click on everything kind of player only that's going to find it. So you can, right, uh, you know, for, like you said with Day yeah. of the Tentacle, but make sure something's, you know, there. <laughs> right, right, right. And then, yeah, if you have people who are like me and who are completionists and want to get every single one, then those people will be more or less guaranteed to go and find everything. Right. So, right. Yeah. Is that something Very that cool. you did when you were playing games back in the day that had point systems like a Sierra game? Did you always want to go back and find things or did you just go back with a walkthrough? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I did. Yeah. Um, I don't, no, I mean I have uh I have like the King's Quest companion and uh, mm, the nice. Space Quest companion that have the points yeah. lists. Mm -hmm. So mm. I'm tr I th yeah, whenever I would like 
go through and replay the old games, I would like make sure to go through and get all the points. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you never got anything for it. I think. I think the yeah. only Sierra game that actually tells you something is like Quest for Glory. Yeah. Four. Well, yeah. I think theoretically they all do, but I think some of them are bugged out, so you can't yeah. actually achieve them. Yeah. Like, yeah. four is like, oh, you got a full score. You're a true hero or something like that. Mm. It's like, okay, great. But, yeah. <laughs> four let you cheat, though, because Feels it let you take your yeah. your character at the end of the game and then reuse him as an extra strong, super strong. Because if he was already an import character and then you finish four and then you played four again with your same character, you'd have this, like, super beefy yes. boss. And it's like everything was one hit kill. I used to I love that. I never did that, though, because every time I would finish, I was like, I'm not going to play through this game again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done with this now. <laughs> I just finished it. I'm not going to wait till I do my... I used to do like an entire Quest for Glory series playthrough every yeah. few years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, my favorite thing to do, actually, the, my the the one that I I did one that was like the tragedy of the wizard because <laughs> I, I, I think I named him Harry Potter oh, or no. something. <laughs> so I had the magic user, and then at the very end of five, I used the thermonuclear blast spell, which crashes the game. And that was my canonical ending, for, <laughs> as far as I was concerned. And I actually Good haven't gone this. back and played Quest for Glory since then. <laughs> kind of hard to top that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, unfortunately, we ran well over the amount of time that we normally allot to each episode, but that's because we ended up talking long enough to fill up two episodes worth of time. And so we will continue with the second half of our conversation with Francisco Gonzalez next week, where we will talk more about his upcoming game, Rosewater, which we encourage you to take this opportunity to wishlist on Steam. So... In the meantime, feel free to join in on the conversation by finding us on Facebook. Look up the Classic Gamers Guild. We have a page and a group. We are also on Twitter at the CG Guild and Instagram at CGG Podcast. You can also write to us by email at mail at classicgamersguild.com. Uh, speaking of which, we will be doing an episode very soon to go over the questions that you have been asking us. And we apologize for the delay in replying to these, some of which are weeks old by now. Uh, if you'd like to support the show, we are on Patreon. We do sincerely thank all of our Patreon supporters for helping us with our hosting bills so we can keep the show going. And an extra special thanks goes out to Jay Holmes and Mark Fillion, the two contributors to our extra special thanks Patreon tier. Uh, please make sure to check out Mark's upcoming game, The Chinatown Detective Agency, and wishlist it on Steam. But thank you both for being big supporters of our show we really couldn't do this without you uh, and i mean that literally so i really appreciate that thank you very much guys um for the rest of you uh for those of you listening right now don't forget to subscribe to our show on whichever platform you use to listen to us to make sure you catch the rest of our interview with francisco but until then as paul would say don't do a murder mm -hmm.